Welcome to season 10 of Digital Learning Radio. I'm Laura and I'm joined by my co-host, Catherine. Hello. And on this season of the podcast, we are sharing what is inspiring us on our ongoing story of learning. This week, we'll be hearing from Catherine and I am so excited to learn what has been inspiring her. And I can't wait to share, but... First, we're going to be accountability partners for each other. So I want to check back in with you, Laura, from last week. On our first episode, you shared the Solve in Time protocol, and you challenged yourself to use the activity authentically to help educators solve their real problems, not to just demo the activity in the tools. Laura, have you been able to do this since we last chatted? Okay, so actually, yes, I took this challenge to heart and I was able to use the solve in time protocol and cards last week with a group of stellar instructional coaches that I got to spend the day with. And so I did flip the way that I use the protocol and I focus less on the thing solve in time and more on the outcome for solving relevant problems. I also made a tweak to have the coaches take some time ahead of time to brainstorm and jot down a few problems or roadblocks they encounter that they really wanted to solve before ever even introducing the name or the concept of solving time. We had lots of legitimately solved problems and also this kind of new energy that took over our space. People also reported that they enjoyed the brevity of the rounds and the efficiency of the protocol. And then And we also had several great ideas generated about how to share and use the solve in time protocol with the teachers that they coach from PLC and data review conversations to even some specific alignment to content in a few of the classes that they work with as well. So overall, great results. And I appreciate the challenge and that honed thinking for use that I got from you uh, from our last episode. I'm so excited that you were able to use this authentically with those coaches. And I really like that you gave them that time before you started the actual activity to have them brainstorm. And I bet that was super helpful for them. Yeah. Um, And then something that we mentioned, both of us, I I really appreciated was the length of time. And you said that was feedback from the coaches as well. Those Mm -hmm. um, standard Mm -hmm. couple minutes per card. Yeah. Yeah. One person even said they didn't really buy it at the beginning, thinking that we would actually be able to solve the problem that they had identified. And then, and then they were like, it worked. I didn't think it would happen in X number of minutes, but we actually did it. So cool. And yeah, it was, uh, it was really good. That is amazing. I am glad that you had such a great time authentically using solve in time And because I get to share this week, we also want to hear from you something new and some quick win or some form of inspiration, uh, a little bit of learning that you've had this week. So Laura, what's your quick win? I'm so glad you asked because this week I'm excited that The Sift is back from the News Literacy Project. So this is a weekly newsletter designed for educators to promote and teach news literacy with students. You can sign up for free and have the newsletter delivered to your inbox, or you can also just peruse their site directly for the archive. But basically uh, what you'll get each week is a viral rumor rundown that covers big stories that have happened over the past week from a variety 
variety of social media sites with clarified information about what about that viral post is true and what isn't, along with links to correct information and some potential discussion questions or prompts that you can use with students to really hone that media literacy and thinking about analyzing media. They also send you a created class room ready resource. And this week's is just a Google Slides template. You can copy and use it. And it focuses on updates to original news stories and really how these updates affect or change the findings of an original post. It asks students to review standards for practicing quality journalism and consider steps to take for reporting on key topics in the story. It's really well done, and it's one of the few emails that I'm actually excited to read each week when it hits my inbox. It came back this week, and it's really good learning and good to share for teachers to use with students. This is a brand new resource for me, so I think, of course, news literacy is important, but it seems like the viral rumor rundown would be so engaging for the students. So that sounds fantastic. Thanks, Laura. Yay. Yay, news literacy project. (laughs) All right. So I'm excited to share that piece, but I really want to get into it. Catherine, this week is yours. What has been inspiring you to learn this week? Okay, Laura, I am trying to do the two for one again. And yes, the the thinking was originally a podcast episode, and it was an interview with an author who wrote the book, The Extended Mind. And I actually then heard a second podcast, and then I loved it so much I had to buy the book. Mm -hmm. So bottom line is I'm just sharing ideas from the extended mind, and I've got um, a summary of the podcast because I'm not finished with the book yet. (laughs) Okay, that's perfect. I am excited to learn and hear connections from a podcast about a book and then about a book. So (laughs) sticking with the challenge we established last time and having that time constraint. I'm going to pull up a timer for you. And so let's see in 60 seconds or less, will you give us the gist? What is the extended mind all about? Okay. So the author is Annie Murphy, Paul, not the Canadian actress, but is (laughs) a science journalist and writer. And she says that our brain or thinking just inside of our skull is not what we need to do. She calls this brain bound. What we need to start doing is taking advantage of what we can do externally to make us learn, understand, and remember. And she believes there are three ways you can extend the mind. You can extend through movement. So getting in touch with your intuition and gut reactions, gestures, extend the mind with our surroundings. So thinking about the importance of nature and taking walk outside. And then the third idea is extending the mind through social interactions. Two heads are better than one. So what's in both of our brains will definitely help extend our minds. Woo. There's one minute. (laughs) I want more though. I know it's supposed to cut you off, but I want to hear more about this. Okay. That's a quick minute. I'm excited to hear more. Maybe about maybe just a little bit 
more about each of those three categories you threw out. I know that you mentioned learning beyond just your brain and thinking about movement. You also mentioned surroundings, and then you also mentioned social interactions. I know you said that you're not all the way through the book. So if you want to talk about one of those at length or give me a little bit more about each one, give me more. (laughs) Okay. Let me back up just a little bit. Annie says that our ideas of the brain are outdated. And she said, we originally thought of our brains as computers. And that was very limiting because computers are just input and output and very linear. And so the next idea that scientists had, and I know you're familiar with this, Laura, is the idea that the brain is like Mm -hmm. a muscle and that's Carol Dweck's work and growth mindset. Mm -hmm. And those ideas are both still thinking internally, like everything in your brain is contained in your skull. And so she has a new metaphor and she says that our brains are like magpies Mm. are the little birds who build their nest with whatever is out and around in nature or in whatever circumstances. So they may take twigs and yarn or metal or fur or whatever to help. So it's this idea of taking whatever you have outside your brain. And then that helps with your thinking and memory and learning. So that's the extending the mind from brain bound to the mental extensions. Okay. Okay. That is super interesting. Uh, I know doing brain research and reading about what is new and thinking about how our brains work and thinking about thinking is something that interests both of us. And I'm thinking about all the conversations we've had here on this podcast, even the last year or so about transforming and doing things beyond the way that we have always done them. What is resonating with you right now as you are doing this learning? How are you being inspired? inspired by some of this new information, thinking about learning more about how our brains make that mean. One thing is that in the book, there are so many concrete, tangible, easy items that apply directly to teaching and learning. Hmm. Most of the examples in her research projects were from college classrooms. And so there are immediate applications. On the first podcast episode, I heard her talk about the importance of gestures. And what really happens is that we can use gestures to help solidify information. I'm gesturing now to have these words come out. And she says people who gesture speak more fluently and it can really help solidify that thinking. So her one recommendation was if you are presenting in a Zoom window, scoot back so people can see your hands and more of your body so you can make those gestures. And that was an easy fix. I did that the day I heard the podcast. Mm -hmm. And she said, if you're looking for tutorials online, look for people who show their bodies and look for Mm. people where you can see those movements and gestures. So that's one very quick, easy fix for transforming things that I do. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I am super intrigued, not having listened to the podcast or read any of this. What have I failed to ask you? What other follow-up questions should I ask you or piece of info do you want to share? Okay. So, so much. And 
one of the other things that I loved about this is that she said, we are probably doing a lot of these things, but we just don't realize that we're doing them or we could be doing them more intentionally. In the movement section, extending the mind with movement, she talks so much about the importance of movement breaks. Mm -hmm. And we do that somewhat in our lengthy sessions. I know we have the little protocol, the shark walk, but that is going to be another ad that in even maybe a 45 minute webinar in a breakout room, have people stand and sit or have people take a lap around whatever room they're in. So okay, okay. that movement piece is, is super important. So I loved that. Okay, Laura, I know that you are a person who likes to sit and look outside on your patio and be outside, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but she also talks about the importance of nature and we've heard that so much, but can we find a window? Can we move somewhere and work? And I know we've tried to do that. <laughs> Laura, let's go find a window and work by a window. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. I want to say every time we're collaborating, if we're in the same space together, let's go work by a window. So that's mm -hmm. another fix. I love outside and I love a window. I love hearing that. So I want to read more about it. I can continue to share with everyone to find windows with me to work by, but <laughs> that's, that's awesome. I'm, I'm really intrigued by these pieces. Uh, do you have anything else to add about the, that third component, that social interaction piece? Yes. She said that Intermittent collaboration is really the best type. Mm. You need some alone time and you also need that collaborative time. And she said it, it's really working well in the digital spacing. They call it, I think in the, one of the podcasts, it was bursty mm -hmm. and it's when someone throws an idea in a chat or instant message type platform, and then a bunch of people respond, and then it slows down. That tells you you need to go and do a little bit of individual time. And then when necessary, jump back into that chat and have that collaboration and then go back into the individual time. The other idea that she says, and this shows that the brain is not like a computer, is this idea of looping. Mm. And all of these ideas that she shares, they happen back and forth. And I'm so intentionally using gestures now. I'm making little loops with my hands, but loop from individual to collaborative, loop from working on your computer to working on your patio, taking a walking break, doing a little bit of meditation. Oh, and then the other thing, now I'm getting all fired up and excited <laughs> about this. The other thing that I thought about that is not a good outcome from the pandemic is the idea of hot desking where oh. people are open area seating and they just find an available desk. Mm -hmm. She said it is so important that your workspace provides a sense of belonging and identity. And that is something that will really help extend the brain if you can see yourself in your space. So Interesting. That, yes. Yes. Have I piqued your interest with some of these ideas? You really have. So the joke here is Catherine 
always recommends amazing. They're always amazing, <laughs> but always recommends like amazing podcast episodes to listen to. And it stresses me out because I already have my own slew of podcasts that I <laughs> fall behind on. And so I'm always like, yes, I'm excited to listen to this, but no, I got to get through my own. I'm going to hang up. And as soon as we leave, I will pull up one of these podcasts because yeah, my, my interest is so peaked. I think this idea of constructing knowledge like a magpie is one that is really interesting to me as well as this idea of intermittent collaboration and just a way to think about it when you were talking about the looping of the way that we're collaborating and thinking and working. I love that word bursty, by the way, but thinking about that looping, I think it's something that we do maybe in our own workflows or when we're planning to facilitate professional development or planning lessons to do with students, but maybe not doing it with intention. Like I know that we try to balance the types of activities we're doing and some solo and, and some together. But I think maybe if I were to listen to one of these podcast episodes or, or read this book, maybe I would have a little bit more intention. And one of my phrases, that aerial view when I'm planning to intentionally loop this so that we get that best brain learning and thinking going. So yeah, you have piqued my interest. Uh, I am super intrigued and I'm so excited that you shared some of these ideas. I can't wait to dig into the the rest of the book, but there's one other thing I forgot to mention. I mm. have to put this in is that throughout the book, she really has an equity lens on mm. the work. She mentions extension, like brain or mental extension inequalities particularly around spaces, because mm. if nature is important, a lot of times, if you're living in the urban areas, you're in apartments, you don't have that green space that more affluent neighborhoods may have. That's something that's important. I know to both of us, but mm -hmm. throughout the book, there is this talk about some inequalities that exist, but then there are ways to overcome those as well. Sometimes it's just a little bit of education but anyway, I thought that will also um, yeah. add, add something else, like really inspire you to, of course, yes. I'm sold. I'm sold. Stop, oh, okay. Stop okay. Uh, no, that's, that sounds excellent. I am excited. And again, always love hearing ideas that are making you excited and then how to really just be more intentional in the gatherings that we hold in the spaces that we do. So good stuff. So one other idea that we want to try this season of the podcast is to use each episode as a place to launch further thinking. And so we want to challenge each other to apply what we share. Catherine, I know that you are still learning and still reading this book. And again, as soon as we wrap up this episode, I will begin reading this book. <laughs> but my question to you is, oh, what do you think will, will happen next? What are some next steps you might take or how might some of the ideas that you've already gotten from the extended mind push your learning forward? I think... Because we have talked so much about transforming PD, I think what I'm going to do is narrow my focus. What can I specifically apply to professional learning? You talked about just now intentionally designing our gatherings. And so I really think I want to hone in on what are some um, intentional moves I can make in my professional learning planning. And because Laura and I are both on a quest to share, I will create some sort of document or graphic 
or some kind of summary, that's my promise or that's my challenge for myself Mm -hmm. is to create some kind of product with the top five lessons or or something with alignment to professional learning. I love that. I love that. Uh, Great challenge. And I know that I will benefit from that as I know so many other people will as well. So thanks for leaning into that sharing piece. We'd also like to extend the invitation to you, dear listener, to share your ongoing story of learning. Take a moment to pause and think wherever you're listening from and consider What ideas have you heard today that have sparked your interest and inspired further learning about the extended mind? Find us on Twitter at DigLearnRadio to continue the conversation and share your own learning that's inspiring you this week. This season, we're dedicated to sharing our learning and the things that are inspiring us. We hope that when we share, the conversation and ideas will cultivate curiosity and inspire you to click on a link, explore one of the resources, reflect on a question we've asked, or continue the conversation with us online. Share your learning inspirations and ideas from this episode and beyond with the people in your circle, with us, or with a colleague down the hall. We are, as ever, inspired to learn from Gail Allen and her work in the new pillars of modern teaching. She reminds us that when we share, we add a sentence to the story we communicate about ourselves to the world. Let's continue learning, sharing, and transforming. Let's get inspired.